Hey, bestie, I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to Staying Inspired. I'm your hype woman and host, Amanda Yoa, and my jam is inspiring the glass ceiling breakers, the bold move makers, the best life living women in the making. This is the hottest place for empowerment, real conversation, inspiration, humor, and tools for you to up-level your life and make some bold moves in that main character energy. So now that you're here, grab some snacks, sit back, and let's get into it. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome back to Staying Inspired. Your girl, Amanda Yoa here. Today, I have Lainey Liberty with me. Lainey is a renowned author, speaker, community leader, and advocate for alternative education. She's considered to be the pioneer in the world schooling movement and founded Transformative Mentoring for Teens back in 2020. Uh, Lainey, you're an author. You have a best-selling book, Seen, Heard, and Understood. And you're also the co-founder of Project World School, which offers retreats for teens to create temporary learning communities around the world. Woo! You do it all, girl. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) You do it all. I am just so impressed. But welcome to the show. I want to dig in a little bit today about what it is that you do, kind of like what sparked that interest. And then... I think what would be good to speak on is, you know, finding that balance. I know there's a lot of women that listen to this podcast that, you know, um, are maybe thinking of doing something of their own in entrepreneurship. But, you know, one thing that maybe holds them back is, you know, how am I going to handle home life, social life, taking care of my kids on top of now, you know, creating this business for myself. So it's going to be a juicy one. I'm super excited. Yay. So, all right, let us know a little bit. Give us the deets on, you know, like what sparked this crusade that you are on. <laughs> sure. It's so funny that we're going to really end up the focus on work-life family balance because that is the one thing that I did not have in order, which sparked the whole journey because it was not balanced. It was so out of whack that I had to make a drastic change. So I, I guess if it's okay, I'll just jump into my backstory. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm originally from California and in 2008, we experienced a pretty strong economy crash. And at the time, I had worked for almost 20 years, 18 years to be exact, in marketing, advertising, branding, you know, that sort of thing. I was a creative director and worked for different ad agencies and things like that. And then the last eight of those years, I owned my own agency and it, we really focused on green eco companies, nonprofits as our clients serving the, that vertical. But also being a single parent, one of the words or the phrase that I would hear from my son's mouth quite often was, mom, you're always working. You never spend any time with me. And that cut straight through to my heart like a rusty knife. It was just like the worst thing that I could hear, but it was true. And there was such cognitive dissidence in our lives because part of me knew that I was doing this thing, this working really hard and running these this agency and running a business and having employees and doing all this stuff because I'm the sole provider and this as a single parent, like, yeah, like you're doing it for him to provide for him, right? Right. But... 
as a result, I was missing out on his childhood. And I just couldn't figure out that balance. I just, like, it just wasn't working. And like I said, 18 years in advertising, I was feeling quite burnt out. And part of my heart and soul didn't really align with creating more consumerism and feeding the story to, you know, my client's demographic that they're not enough, that there's something wrong with them, that they need to buy this product or service in order to, you know, be fulfilled. And I just kind of knew inside of me that after all these years working in that industry, it just didn't feel right. And so when the economy crashed and I started to see my clients go away left and right, I had Natural History Museum and some really big nonprofits, their budgets were cut they had to let their, you know, their marketing agency go and that sort of thing. I actually felt relief, even though I knew that I wasn't bringing back my staff the following year. It was like October, November, when this really hit the reality for me, I was starting to feel relief. And late one night, I just had this inspired sort of thought, vision, and as if inspiration was speaking through me, like, I didn't plan on saying this. I turned to my son and it was like, we were in the office still, it was like nine o'clock and it, you know, way too late for a, a nine-year-old at the time. And we were, we were still in the office and I turned around and I said to him, what do you think? His name is Miro. What do you think, Miro, if we just get rid of all of this stuff and go have an adventure? And he stops his game, he turns around, he looks at me, and he asks, really? And I said, yeah. And he said, one question. I said, what? He said, do I have to go to school? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, let's just go have an adventure. Maybe we'll go head south from here. And maybe what's the farthest tip in this continent going south? And we looked it up. And it was Ushuaia, Argentina. And I said, okay, let's go there. So let's just start from LA and we'll just head south and see what happens. And let's have this adventure. Because I had never been through South America, most of Central America. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I love it. Yeah, that was the beginning. And so our plan was to spend one year traveling, backpacking, taking buses, just having this great adventure, just him and I. And we were going to go from L.A. to Argentina and then go back to the States and pick up our lives and do whatever we needed to do, you know, to carry on. That was almost 15 years ago. We still haven't made it to Argentina and we still haven't gone home to live. So we've lived all over the world now. We've lived in all over latin america we've we've spent quite a bit of time in asia southeast asia europe we've even been to africa so there's a lot of adventures over that period of time and like i said my son miro was nine when we left he's now 24 and what a brilliant way to grow up and so that kind of is 
the more immediate backstory I have, I have even farther back backstory. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that'll get us started. (laughs) Right. So like, I'm interested to know, you know, when did everything in terms of like your business and the things that you've created, did you create that while you were on the road with your son? If you hear what those companies are, Project World School is an educational retreat company for teenagers and transformative mentoring for teens is a company that teaches tools for greater mental health. None of this has to do it with advertising or branding. I sort of shifted gears. Um, Yes, that happened on the road. Project World School was co-founded by both my son and myself. Uh, we were both living, we were living in Peru, high in the Andes at the time. And my son just turned 13, 14, somewhere around there. And at the time he was saying, you know, mom, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm having also cognitive dissonance. Like I'm loving this lifestyle that we're leaving, leading, but I want friends, I want community, I want socialization. And even though I meet people of all ages and all walks of life, I really want to like have my peers. And so we had many conversations. We had just gone back to the States to present at a conference, a uh, self-directed learning homeschool unschooling conference. And at the time he had been exposed to a group of what I like to call free range kids that were his age, that were free thinkers and that were, you know, learning from the world, that were alternatively educated, that were trusted, that were living in freedom and and all the things that really resonated with our family. And he really loved being around, you know, these teens around his age, his age, you know, older, younger, so forth, um, that really got it and it, it really you know, it fed his, his soul. And when we came back to Peru, he's like, you know, I really want community. And I said, well, we have two options. Number one, do we go back to the States and see if we can find a community somewhere so you can get that need met inside of you? Or here's an idea. Why don't we bring teens to us? And, and, you know, we're learning and it's rich and it's all in the, the spirit of of intentional learning what do you think he's like do you think that'll work and i said yeah why not (laughs) so we did and we launched the company and it's been going for 10 years and we've brought hundreds of teenagers to different places around the planet and produce these month-long immersive learning retreats that really encompass social learning and also there is a mental health aspect to it because my thought you know and my belief uh with traveling is the outer worlds are really a reflection of our inner worlds and so we must have the tools and the language and then the awareness of what's happening internally in order to recognize the filters that we're putting on the experiences and the perceptions and the way that we perceive, you know, certain events. And that was really a big expansion for us, which became part of our journey. And that's something that we facilitate in our trips. So we started, we launched Project World School and 
like I said, it's been really successful. We have about 70% return rate. Uh, so teams come on a trip and they look and book another one. That's amazing. It sounds like you guys, the both of you, you and your son, kind of like we're in this together, you know, like a partnership type thing and, you know, asking for his input and, you know, what it, what was it that he was needing, which I think is an important aspect to have, you know, in terms of speaking today of, you know, finding balance and, and all that, because it, it kind of seems like it stemmed from the beginning of, you know, realizing that your son wasn't getting a part of you that he should have been receiving and then just carrying on that partnership with him and molding and growing together this beautiful business and movement that you've both created together. So I think that's amazing. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And in fact, part of our journey was really about exploring living in partnership and you know, I, I come from the background, my, my, my philosophy for most of my adult life and even my teens has been that of an anarchist. And so what that means is it's not what a lot of people think that term means. They think the term means chaos and fighting and no direction. And, you know, that's not what it is. It really means by living in complete sovereignty and um, understanding that authority over myself and over people is not a natural thing. And that if I wish to grant somebody authority over me, like a law or like, you know, rules of some sort, then I am giving consent for them to have authority over me. And, you know, I take that stance very very seriously. And I never imposed authority over my son, which sounds crazy. Somebody's listening to this, they're thinking, what? Doesn't he just run amok? Well, no, we live in partnership and we don't live with rules. Rules are an outside authority, which require, you know, somebody in the family to be the rule maker, the rule enforcer, the the rule punisher, you know, once the rules are broken. And that puts somebody in a direct authority over another person. And I didn't really want that. And I didn't want that to be a part of my parenting because it's not a part of my normal life. And so one of the things that we really were intentional about when we set out on our journey was we were going to do this in partnership and I call it partnership parenting. Um, there's all these parenting modalities. There's like conscious parenting and hand in hand parenting and all of these other modalities, which I've studied and read a lot about. But the one thing that I find that doesn't sit right with me is a lot of those modalities try and facilitate ways to change the behavior of the child for the convenience of the parent. And that's still manipulation and control over another human being. And I didn't want to be in that position. I didn't want to manipulate. I didn't want to have an agenda. I really wanted this to be our true partnership and let the journey unfold as it would. 
And we didn't live by rules. We live by values. And so all the decisions that we made, we decided whether or not this was in alignment with our individual core values and then with our joint family values. And that gave us a roadmap to function from. We didn't need rules. We needed to check within and see if this is the right and ethical and moral thing that was in alignment with us. And you know, again, contrary to what a lot of people think anarchy is, it's, it, you know, it's not chaos. There's, there's a lot of thoughtfulness and accountability and, you know, responsibility to show up in the world and, and really be respectful that, you know, the, the core tenets of anarchy is my rights end where yours begin. So I'm not going to impose anything on you. And I didn't want to do that to my son either. I wanted him to step into his power. And I, through trust and empowerment, uh, you know, we were in partnership. He rose to that occasion and and still does to this day. He's a very a responsible human being and compassionate and kind because he was empowered to be that from a very, very young age. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's absolutely amazing because I think, you know, growing up, it's kind of like, do as I say, not as I do, where kids are just constantly being told a certain way to be. And then sometimes kids grow up and, you know, become adults and they don't really have the morals or, you know, the the world experience to create that sense of self for themselves. So it's like, you know, you led by example, but you also, you know, it was like a team effort. It was kind of like a do as I do, not not as I say type thing, you know, where you were doing and you were instilling that doing into your son to where he could make decisions for himself and and become this well-rounded adult that it seems like he's an incredible human. So kudos to you. I mean, I one of the questions I have is, you know, and maybe for somebody listening who is not, you know, a part of this type of parenting and relationship with their children and, you know, maybe who are, they're thinking of going into entrepreneurship or just taking on something different in life. What would you say would be like a first step in order to not cause like complete chaos to break out? (laughs) So they have that balance, you know, to start instilling this way of being into their family unit along with what they're trying to do, you know? Well, partnership is really at the foundation of all of it. And that encompasses us shifting our belief system as parents. Number one, the and really one of the most important sort of mind shifts that people in the Western world really should make is the belief that children are born whole. In Western culture, we believe that they're empty vessels that we must fill up. And that is like, well, then I'm the boss over, you know, forming this child to be, you know, in my image. And that's rather egotistical in many ways as well. If we look at our children as young ones that are born whole, they have their personalities, they have their likes and dislikes, they have their preferences, and they need to have a safe space to explore those things and 
develop the language around the things that light them up, both from a language of speaking and a language of internal awareness. Like, wow, I understand this feeling being, you know, this, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to follow that intuition. Also, not adhering to the standard Western belief that productivity equals worth or value, which is a Western belief system that is kind of detrimental to finding out who you are and what lights you up. A lot of times, you know, we breed workaholics which I'm, I'm recovering, by the way. (laughs) I know this one well, my self-worth and self-value was tied to how much I I did or produced. And, you know, I still have some of those habits. I'm I'm quite a self-directed learner. And, you know, I work for myself. And I, I like those are things that come very naturally to me. But I need to keep in check and in balance that, my worth as a human being is not tied into what I do. So like I said in the very beginning, before I went into my story, it's interesting that we're talking about life, work, family balance, because it me so long to really get that stuff in check. I went far on one side. Um, I can't say I went far on the other side, but my commitment to you know, taking a year off and traveling with my kid was the best thing that I have ever done for myself in my life. You know, I learned to slow down and I learned to find value from within instead of from from without. Because the world tells us often what we're worth. The world gives us a scale and says, where do you fit on this scale? How much do you make? What do you do? How much, you know, power do you hold? What's this? What's that? What do you drive? What do you, you know, what's in your, like all this stuff that has really no meaning. I want to rewind a little bit because we were talking about, you know, just having that dynamic from a parental perspective of allowing your children, you know, how you were saying the Western perspective versus the child's born whole versus having to fill the child up. Is that where the the idea for your book came about, the seen, heard, heard, and understood? What would you want readers to take away from your book or listeners that are maybe thinking of, let me check this book out? Well, the book itself has like five or six different specific areas. It's seen, heard, and understood parenting and partnering with teens for greater mental health. So throughout this whole journey, I really discovered that I have a deep passion for working with teens. I love working with teens. And for me personally, it was the hardest time in my own human journey, which that was absolutely one stage. I came from a family background, being raised with a lot of trauma, I was yelled at every single day of my life. Um, I have very, you know, limiting beliefs that I've spent a good portion of my adult life trying to heal and reprogram. And um, a lot of the work that I've done is because I really wanted to be a good parent and I didn't want to pass on these generational wounds and, and, you know, it was one thing that I knew, like I knew I was going to take my next breath, 
when I was a child, I knew I wanted to be a parent. That like was so important to me. But I knew that I didn't want to parent the way that I was parented. And I knew that there was something not great about my own programming. I knew I had you know, through, through, you know, it sent me down this rabbit hole of doing tons of research. And I am a researcher. I'm a autodidactic. I'm a self-directed learner and a lifelong learner. And, and for me, you know, if there's something you want to know, learn it. <laughs> That's all. Just learn it. Do it. Why not? What's, what's telling you? No, just do it. Part of my trauma response was this hyper independence and that that really sent me down a path of of really wanting to be accountable to do my own healing. Like I didn't need somebody to do it for me. I like I could figure this out. I you know I could learn. I can do this stuff. So I dove deep in my twenties and thirties into psychology and neurobiology and and self directed healing modalities and things like that or, or healing modalities. And so my book. It's written for parents of teens, but it's really written for parents. And you, you know, if you have a younger child, your child will eventually become an adolescent. There, there's no way around that. So you can pick it up at any time in your parenting journey. And it's a book that talks about the parenting, how to parent in partnership, what partnership parenting is, um, what self-directed learning and self-directed healing is, how to be a facilitator both for yourself and for your child or children. I've included tools. There's a whole chapter of tools for mental health that I've used not only on myself, but the teens that I work with at in, during the retreats and in my mentoring practice. I also share a lot of stories from my childhood. And so if you're a parent, that kind of awareness of, oh, this thing that happened to me, similar to the thing that happened to Lainey, and I didn't realize that actually is needs to be healed. It, it's somewhat abusive. And, you know, it just was parenting in the 70s and 80s. It just was parenting. It's just... You know, there wasn't so much awareness. And then my book also includes for parents information about the psychological development in the adolescent brain and the neurobiological development in the adolescent brain. And, you know, what the receptors and hormones and how they play a part in what appears um, when we look at our, our teens as with being withdrawn or oversleeping or being lazy or being impulsive or all of those things. And then I even have a chapter dispelling, I think it's 10 or 12 of the most popular teen myths. And we talk about them from a partnership parenting and neurobiological and psychological perspective. So it reframes a lot of different elements. And so it's really meant to be a, roadmap to help parents parent adolescents or or even their younger children through partnership and how to facilitate tools for mental health and how to normalize the inner awareness and inner work that's necessary to be able to be present and show up as an accountable person for your family. I think that's so amazing. And to tie it back in with 
you know, finding that balance between work and home. When you feel something is out of whack in your home, it's hard to do anything else in life. So your book would be an amazing tool for any parent to have to mold that relationship back with their child if they're going through anything, especially an adolescent. Because I mean, I remember going back to when I was a teenager. I mean, I thought I was normal back then, but looking back, I was... (laughs) I was a bit unhinged, you know, adolescents go through it. Um, But having the tools and, you know, the the tips and tricks that you need. And I think you putting your experience in there too is something for the parent as well, because when we're not doing so great in the the parenting department, it's because like you said, there was something that was passed down to us that didn't make us well equipped to handle, you know, being a parent to a child or adolescent or whatever stage of life that they're in. So it may be an eye-opener from the for the parent as well. You know, like, hey, I need to work on these things so that I can better be, you know, more present. You know, being a better parent is what I'm trying to say <laughs> to our children. So um, amazing. I mean, I am just, I'm in awe at everything. Your life, you know, just traveling with your child. It sounds like he's a wonderful human being. So again, my hat is off to you. Uh, Before I wrap it up, I'm going to post in the uh, comments down in the description where you can find and connect with Lainey. But I always like to end the episode on a light and funny, kind of like an icebreaker or would you rather question. So I got a few here that I was reading through. Okay, so if you could be any flavor of ice cream, what, what would it be? I think the kind of ice cream that I would be would be tomato ice cream. Tomato. (laughs) Homegrown tomatoes, fresh off the vine, full with flavor. Yeah, that's it. Tomato ice cream. Sounds good to me. (laughs) You know, you're just taking my mind to a totally different place right now. I don't even know where to go from here because I was like plain Jane. I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, I'm just going to be like a plain base and then you could just add whatever because, you know, I'm like the sweet cream or vanilla. My favorite is actually, and I'm, this is not a plug for Ben and Jerry's, but my favorite ice cream of all time is their Chunky Monkey, which is banana ice cream with chocolate chunks and walnuts. That's my all-time favorite. And usually if I get a sundae, it has those things incorporated into it, but what you just said is really making me like now want to investigate places around me that have like the out of the box ice cream flavors, like maybe watermelon or watermelon as some call it. We we say water here. And sandia here in Mexico. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mine is blown. There you go. Yeah. yeah. All I've, right. had, I've even tasted fish ice cream. Oh no. Uh, I'm afraid of that. I know, not doing it. That. That's where I draw the line. Nope, can't do it. Jalapeno <laughs> ice cream. Why not? Jalapeno. Oh, jalapeno. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Tomato ice cream, and then me with the plain Jane vanilla, and then you could just add whatever you want into it. Make me whatever you want me to be for your enjoyment. (laughs) All right, Lainey, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Such a juicy episode. I know parents that are listening right now, moms especially, are going to love this one. For those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed. And until next time, 
stay inspired. Thank you so much for listening, Bestie. If you love what you heard, spread the word. Screenshot this episode and post it on your social media. Don't forget to tag your girl. If you would like to show some further love, give this podcast a review over on iTunes. And be sure to follow our Staying Inspired Podcast Community Facebook page. I'm super grateful for each and every one of you. Together, we create that next level self. Till next time, stay inspired.